Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Um, uh, Psalms 84 is a very interesting psalm tonight. And uh, man, I'm telling you, uh, I, I love it. Psalms 84 is probably... Um, uh, uh, really close, really close to being my favorite psalm uh, out of all the 150 psalms in the Bible. Psalms 119 comes in there really close with it because Psalms 119 magnifies the Word of God. Amen. Um, Of course, Psalms 22, 23, and 24 are great psalms. Psalms 22 is the crucifixion. uh, And uh, Psalms 23, of course, we know um, is the good shepherd. And Psalms 24, he's coming back to get us. Amen. And uh, they would not be a Psalms 23 and a Psalms 24 if they wasn't a Psalms 22. And I'm just not talking about numbers. I'm talking about we wouldn't have a good shepherd if he hadn't laid down his life for us. Uh, and he wouldn't be coming back to get us if he hadn't died for us. Amen. Um, but Psalms 84 really deals uh, with the house of God. Now, I'm not going to deal primarily with the house of God tonight, but I'll say in just a minute about it. Um, when you study Psalms 84, you'll find out that there is several different promises uh, that's given to those that find themselves uh, in the house of God. And can I say something to you tonight? I love the house of God. There's just something about it, amen? And uh, I love being able to come to church. I love seeing the people at church. And I love enjoying the presence of God at church and the fellowship. Uh, I just love the church tonight, amen? And um, a church ought to be a place where you can come... uh, in the midst of the worst days of your life and find peace and happiness uh, and, and joy. It ought not be a place where there's fussing and fighting and arguing and jumping up and down. Um, it's a sanctuary. It's a place where we can come worship God. Psalms 84 gives some promises to those uh, that are at the house of God. Let's look what it says. You can remain seated tonight. He says, How amiable are the tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. And that word amiable right there, when you study that out, it simply is how lovely. Um, and, and can I say it this way? We understand this is the Old Testament, and in no way, shape, or form am I, am I changing our Bible tonight. But in the New Testament, we would call that the local church, amen? And he says, how lovely is that place, amen? He goes on to say in verse number 2, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth, for the courts of the Lord. He goes on to say, My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah, which is that musician's term, and it means to pause and ponder on what was just sung. The Psalms are songs. That's what they are tonight. And that word is just saying, let's take a minute and think about what we've just sung. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still be praising 
thee. And you know what it makes me want to do when I go down to the house of God and hear about the God we serve? It makes me want to praise him. Amen. Goes on to say this in verse number five. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Becca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our God, uh, behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. I want you to look back what the Bible said in verse number 6. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pool. And I want to talk to you, or the pools, and I want to talk to you just a little while tonight about the valley of Baca here in Psalms 84. Father, I love you tonight. God, Father, you know what's on my heart tonight. And um, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to relate our church, God, the things that you've given me in the study today. And uh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. And Father, I thank you for your word and how it's just completely inexhaustible. And every time we go to it, there's something fresh and something new in it, God. I pray, Lord, Father, that those that's here tonight, God, I don't know the need of this service. And Father, I've even questioned through the night and through the day why in the world you would have me here on a Wednesday night. But God, you know the need that's here. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd meet each and every one of them. God, may we listen with an open heart and an open mind and an open ear tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd remove distractions from our mind. And Father, may we see you high and mighty lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Again, I mentioned Psalms 84 deals with the house of the Lord. And I thought about this. This song of a pilgrim expresses his passion for God's house in verse 1 through 4. His pilgrimage to God's house in verses 5 through 8 and his praise in God's house in verses 9 through 12. Boy, I thought, Brother Dakota, man, that was a good little outline right there on Psalms 84. Here's a couple others that I read in verses number 1 through 4. There's dwelling in the sanctuary. In verses 5 through 8, there's drowning on the strength or drawing on the strength of God. And then in verses 9 through 12, there is delighting in the service of God. Another writer put it this way, Psalms 84, 1 through 4, is my delight is in the Lord. In verses 5 through 8, my strength is in the Lord. And in verses 9 through 12, my trust 
is in the Lord. You know what all of Psalms 84 is? It's centered around the Lord and the sanctuary of God. It's centered around being at God's house and in God's presence. In verse number 5 through 8 tonight, we see this, our heart is right in verse number 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. His heart is right tonight. What is this man's heart? It is focused on the Lord. But I thought about this also in verse number 6 and 7. Not only is his heart right in verse 5, but in verse 6 and 7, our highway is rough. Our highway is rough. Listen to what he said. Who passing through the valley. Did you catch that? Who passing through the valley. You know what? We are not promised that all of our days will be without problems. And you know that tonight. Man, it's the core of our church. But we're not promised that all of our days will be without problems. Me and Brother Rodney have been talking a lot over the past few days and this statement has been said several times. Preacher, we never know what a day will bring and how true that is. When you think about this tonight, our highway is rough sometimes. There will be some bad days along the way. Just because we're saved now doesn't mean that everything's going to be wonderful and everything's going to be a bed of roses. There will be some bad times even though we are saved. Verses number 9 through 12 or verse number 8, he ends up with our hope is real. Look what he said. He says his heart is right. Our highway is rough, but in verse number 8, our hope is real. Look what he said. He said, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. His hope was real. He knew that when the going got tough, that there was a God that would be there for him and a God that would sustain him through the storms of this life. Whenever you begin to study about Jerusalem and you begin to look at Jerusalem, Jerusalem uh, um, was the place where the tabernacle was at. That's where they went and where they worshipped at in that day. If you want to look at it in that Old Testament and um, before Calvary and, and the local New Testament church is what we're known as today. Uh, um, before that dispensation, they went to Jerusalem uh, to worship the Lord. And whenever you study the geographical location out of Jerusalem, you'll find out that Jerusalem was on a hill. And in order for the pilgrim to get to Jerusalem, the pilgrim must go through a hot, dry, and barren valley. In order to get to the mountaintop where Jerusalem was at, and in order to get to that place where they was going to worship the Lord, the pilgrim had to go through a valley to get there. I began to study, and here's what I found. There was three different valleys that surrounded Jerusalem. One of them was Rephim, and it was shadows. It's what it means. Another one was Hanum, and it means 
waiting. But then also there was this valley uh, that we read about here uh, in verse number 6, who passing through the valley of Baca. So I begin to study, what does Baca mean? And here's what the word Baca means. It means weeping tonight. And the psalmist is saying this tonight, if we're going to get to where God's at and if we're going to get to that place where we can truly worship Him, then we're going to have to go through some valleys in our life and there's going to be some weeping in our life. In verse number 1, the temple, the place of worship was at Jerusalem. But in order to get to that place, in order to be there, they had to go through the valley. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying tonight, but what I'm saying is this. The, 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 let me just put it this way. The more valleys you go through, the purer your worship will become to God. You see, there's some things uh, that you can only learn uh, in the valley. Hey, if everything was always a bed of roses, if the sun was always shining, uh, if we never had to pray and ask God for anything, uh, we really wouldn't be that strong of a Christian tonight. But the psalmist is saying to us tonight, I know I've got a God that I can depend on. I want to get to where he's at and worship him, but I must go through the valley of weeping to get there. Let me show you a couple things tonight about this. Number one, I want you to see the necessary pathway. The necessary pathway. The Bible said this, again in verse 6, who passing through the valley of Baca. You see, for them to get to Jerusalem, they had to go through the valley. Every child of God must expect to pass through this valley of tears. The city of Jerusalem or the place of worship could not be reached without passing through some valley. There can be no Jerusalem without the valleys. The path to His presence, the path to His power, the path to His praise, the path to the position where He is at will lead us through a valley and a lot of times it is the valley of tears tonight. You say, preacher, why in the world would you preach this on a Wednesday night? Because the Lord told me to. That's why. I don't understand it either. I'd rather be shouting and running the aisles. But the truth of the matter is this, church, there will be dark days in our life. And we must understand that it is a necessary pathway that God puts us through. I don't understand everything about God. And if you do, please explain it to me after service. But the problem is this, you'll not be able to. Because Isaiah said it this way, His ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. Man, it seems like over the past two weeks, not just right here and within our church, several here, but even outside of the church, different people that's called me and friends of mine that's called me. and Man, they've had tests run and things is not coming back right and I've got a good friend that's please pray for him he's got to go to the specialist tomorrow about some tests that didn't come out back right and you know I thought man why do we have to go through this I don't understand it but it is a necessary pathway we learn things there that we'll not learn nowhere else I thought about this when you pray to be used when you pray for the power of God when you pray for people when you pray for revival 
When you pray for souls, God requires a path through the valley of Becca. Sometimes we think we're the only ones who are passing through this valley. Sometimes we think we're the only ones that ever see a bad day. But can I remind you that all of the saints that went to Jerusalem had to go through this valley? Can I remind you that before um, Moses stood and saw the Red Sea open, he spent 40 days on the backside of a desert or 40 years on the backside of a desert? Can I remind you that before Elijah saw the fire fall from heaven when he prayed, he spent three and a half years in a famine? You see, we have to go through the valley sometimes. It's the necessary pathway. And I remind you that the only way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could see God in the fire is they had to be in the fire. Can I remind you that the only way that Daniel knew that God could shut the mouth of a lion was if Daniel was in a den of lions? Is anybody hearing the preacher tonight? It's a necessary pathway. I not only see that it's a necessary pathway, but number two tonight, I see the notable or noticeable passing. Not only is it a necessary pass pathway, but there is a noticeable passing. There is a noticeable... You, are you hearing me tonight? A noticeable passing. What did the Bible say? The Bible said this, who passing, if you underline in your Bible or you circle words in your Bible, circle this word through. Who passing through the valley. You see, it is a necessary pathway. We say that we want the power of God on our lives, but are we willing to pay the price to have the power of God on our lives? I, I, I've got a good preacher friend. Um, I, probably 95% of the people in this room has heard him preach because he's preached here numerous times, and his name is John David Dorsey. Um, biggest part of y'all know Big Reds, what we call him a lot of times. And Brother John preaches with a very unusual touch on his life. If you've ever heard him preach, you know what I'm talking about. That five weeks in 2016, he preached that Foothills Revival and over 200 saved. The two weeks in the first of 2016, we was here at our church. That was the meeting that Craig Golden got saved in and he's at home in heaven today. But Brother John has a very unusual touch on his life. And I never knew this for a long time, even after I met Brother John. And we was talking one day and I was questioning him about the power of God on his life. And here's what he said. He said, a lot of people want the power of God, but they're not willing to pay the price for the power of God. He said, Barker, what you don't know is he said, I laid in a car with my first wife and watched her die from a car wreck as I was pinned in. And he began to walk me through that valley in his life. You see, sometimes there's a necessity Necessary pathway, but understand there is a noticeable passing who passing through the valley. Through the valley. Are you getting it tonight? Through the valley. I thought about this. The word through, there's no pausing. There's no layovers. There's no stops. There's no delays. He is saying that we can pass through this valley. We, not, we may not be able to avoid the valley of Baca, but the valley will not stop us. Some people choose to uh, set up a tent and drive stakes down in the valley of Baca. 
But God never meant for us to live in the valley of Becca. God never meant for us to stay in the valley of tears. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. There is a noticeable passing through this valley. And I thought about this. The valley will not delay those who have set their sights on the top of the mountain. We, not, we again may not be able to avoid this valley but this valley is only temporary. I thought about what the Bible said in Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. I thought about what the Bible said in Psalms 4 or in Proverbs 4, 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light. Can I say something to you tonight? I'm glad that there is a noticeable passing through this valley. For every valley, there is a mountain. For every midnight, there is a sunrise. For every raindrop, there is a sun ray that we'll see one day. God did not put us in the valley of tears to stay there. God didn't throw us in the middle of a storm for us to stay there. But God promises us that if we'll maintain our focus on Him, that yes, weeping may come. Yes, they may be bad days. Yes, they may be days when we wonder if we'll even make it to see the next day. But based on the authority of God's Word, we will pass through the valley of Baca. I not only see the necessary pathway and the noticeable passing, but I'll give you this last of all tonight. I see the noble performance. The noble performance. Note with me what your Bible said again in verse number 6. Who passing through the valley of Becca, watch this, make it a well. Make it a well. There is a necessary pathway. There is a noticeable passing. But there's also a noble performance. What did he say that they do when they're there? They make it a well. The pilgrim is on his way to Jerusalem and suddenly he's in the valley. The pilgrim is going about his journey wanting to worship the Lord and all of a sudden he finds himself in the valley of tears. There's one of two things we can do. We can get bitter at God and back up and stay there or we can become a better Christian and make a noble performance while we're there and dig a well. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself with a distortion of the Savior. You'll accuse and blame God for the valley. You'll begin to question God and I want to say something to you tonight. It's all right to ask why. There's nothing wrong with that. For many years, a lot of preachers, and they even say it today, hey, it's a sin to say why to God. It's not, if it's a sin to say why to God, the blood's insufficient. Every one of us is headed to hell because Jesus Christ himself said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It becomes sin when we get angry at God when we falsely accuse God. You know what the book of Job is? 
You know what the book of Job is? The book of Job is a book of questions. There's over 200 questions in the book of Job. It is a conversation of a man that lives in a one-year valley between him and God. And they talk for a year back and forth to each other. There is nothing wrong with talking to the Lord. But if you're not careful, the valley will cause you to have a disbelief or a distortion of the Savior tonight. I thought about this, the valley, a notable performance. The valley sometimes will cause you to have a disbelief of the scriptures. Many times you'll find scriptures that weren't before seem not to make sense sometimes. You know, it's very easy to say, well, his ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts till you're at Bacca. It's very easy to say, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning until you get to Bacca. And when you get to Bacca and you've been there a few days and you're trying to figure out when morning is coming, maybe I'm the only one that's ever been there like that. Brother Aaron, you question in your mind, where is morning at? Where is the sun at? It seems like all there is is clouds. Where is the sun? It will cause you, if you're not careful, to have a disbelief of the Scriptures. It will cause you, if you're not careful, to have despair of your soul. It will cause you to have despair of the soul. You'll throw up your hands and quit and abandon God and desert God. You'll become uh, that disquieted soul that Psalms talks about. You'll become that person that, that becomes despondent to the house of God and leaves the house of God. You know what? They was headed to the house of God and they said the only way we'll ever make it to worship is going through this valley. So don't allow your soul to despair. We're wanting to make a noble performance in this valley. God's will for us in the valley is to be productive. Can I say that again? God's will for us in the valley is to be productive. What did he say? He said they make it a well. In the word of God, there's an answer for every question, a solution for every problem, and a victory Forever defeat. I thought about this. Take that place where it appears you're going to be defeated, stop, conquer, destroyed, or die, and make a well there. Because you know what? Based on the authority of God's word, if you are saved by the grace of God, this valley is not going to last forever. We are passing through this valley. And you know what he said? He said, You need to make a well. There. Tonight, outside of our church, is a well. And if you go by the water fountain tonight and get a drink of water, you're enjoying that off of the work of someone else. You may not go by and get a drink of water, but you may stop by the restroom tonight. And if you do, please flush it. 
And if you flush it, you know what you're doing? You're enjoying the work of someone else. Someone else dug that well. Someone else labored for the water to run in here. If you go to the restroom tonight and use it, please stop by the sink. And whenever you stop by the sink, make sure you wash your hands. And when that water comes out, you know what? You're enjoying that water off of the work of someone else. I didn't dig that well. I didn't put a pump in that well. I didn't wire that well. You want me to tell you what happened? Somebody else done it. And because somebody else labored that, we now enjoy what we have today. You see, God may put you in the valley, but while you are there, instead of getting bitter at God, instead of questioning God why, instead of allowing the devil to crawl up on your back and distort the Savior and cause disbelief to the Scripture and cause you to have despair of the soul, man, by the grace of God, anchor your hope in God's Word and Dig in deep in it uh, and establish a well there and come out of it because I may be in that valley tomorrow and I may need your well to drink out of tomorrow when I get there. We should have a notable performance in the right way when we're in the valley. You say, well, preacher, how can I make a well? Well, let me say this to you. Realize you're passing through. And I say that again, but preacher, I don't know if it'll ever end. It will. You know what Job said? Here's what Job said. Job said, all the appointed days of my life will I wait until my change comes. You know what Job was saying right there? Job was saying whether it's here or whether it's there, one day my change will take place. Job was saying whether it's here or whether it's in heaven, one day I will come out of this valley. What did he say? He said this, I know that my Redeemer liveth uh, and after the latter day he shall stand. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, I know the day is coming that God will come back uh, and call us home either by way of death uh, or by the way of the rapture uh, and until then I'll just remain faithful to him. Yes, I may be in a valley and I may go through another one and another one and another one, but by the grace of God, I can realize I am passing through it. And one day the sun will shine again. Realize you're passing through. Realize it's for your good and your growth and for God's glory, bitter or better. Worry or worship. Endure. Or enjoy. I thought about this. Paul and Silas found themselves in the middle of the valley. And you know what they did? They sung a song in the midnight hour. And the first jailhouse rock was recorded. Amen. The whole place was shaken. They was in the valley. I, I thought about this. Paul wrote several of his letters to us from a prison cell. He was in a valley, and you know what he decided to do? He, he decided instead of getting bitter, I'll just become better. Instead of worrying, I'll just worship. Instead of enduring, I'll just enjoy. Why? Because I know our Lord of hosts, hear my prayer upon the face of thine anointing, or hear my prayer and give ear, O God. To me. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I know God is there. When you make it a well, when you make it a well, and I'm right now done. Will you come start playing softly? When you make it a well, there'll be a well 
for the next generation that comes through this valley. There'll be a well for the next person that comes through this valley. If I could bring it into conclusion tonight, I would say this. What does God or why does God permit the valley of Baca? Well, it's for our good. Each time you are called upon to walk through the valley of trouble, if you will allow God, you'll come out a better person on the other side. It's for our growth. When we walk through the path of suffering, if we do what we're supposed to, we draw closer to God. And I thought about this. It's for others' guidance. We can't lead somebody somewhere we've never been. We can't lead somebody through something we've never been through. So tonight, we have the ability to transform our valley of tears into fountains of blessings. Because he said, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. Who passing through the valley. There's a necessary pathway. There's a noticeable passing. But there's a noble performance. I'll ask you this question tonight. What will you do with Baca? What, we're going to do one of two things. We're going to come out of it bitter or we're going to come out of it better. Because we will come out of it. We will come out of it. I, I thought about this. I'm just going to be blunt. I dislike days like today. I like the sunshine. I like it pretty outside. I, it would not bother me. I told Olivia yesterday we was going to approach. I said it wouldn't bother me a bit if we woke up in the morning and it was about 75 degrees and the sun shining. Wouldn't bother me a bit, especially it's right there about the 1st of April. And, and Brother Mark, you could hit a shot call and hear gir- gerbils. <laughs> Turkeys start gobbling, Brother Josh. Now, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Wouldn't bother me one bit if we was running across Willis Gap Mountain chasing turkeys in 75-degree weather in the morning. I don't like the rain and dreary days. But I'll never forget, I, I flew a lot, and I'll never forget one time we was flying, and, man, it, Brother Brian, it was just messy. It was messy. And we took off, and whenever we got up a little ways, the captain come on the the intercom there in the airplane. And here's what he said. He said, we're going to hit some turbulence through this storm. He said, but if you'll be patient with me, I'm going to get above the storm, and everything will be all right. And I thought, man, what is he talking about? And sure enough, Brother D.C., it got bumpy. It got real bumpy. But in just a little while, I had to, I don't like to close the window. If I'm a wreck, I want to see it coming. But Tim, I had that window pulled open. Not the window, but the shades. Y'all know what I'm talking about, pulled open on that thing. In just a little while, those dark clouds, Brother Matt, began to change colors. And I thought, well, what in the world? Just a little while longer, we come out of those clouds and the sun was shining. It's like you needed sunglasses. sun was shining just as bright and clear. You know what was going on? The storm was still raging. 
but we had reached an altitude where we was above the storm and the sun was shining. When you get to the valley, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to bog down and you're going to get bitter in it. Or if you let God, He'll let you get above the storm and the storm may still be raging, but the sun will be shining brighter than it's ever shined before. Passing through the valley of Bacchus.